0: pretend to be professional and go three. (laughs) (laughs) Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode in the second season of Studio Mate Steve. Thank you for everyone who listened to the Jarvis episode last week. Um, and if you're catching up, you can watch, uh, listen to them, rather, in any order you like. We hit the top 20 in the Apple Podcasts uh, books chart this week, which is fantastic. Riding High with Graham Norton, etc. So thank you so much for all the listens. Now, this week is a little bit different because I'm not speaking for the first time to an author or an illustrator. I am speaking to a literary and illustration agent, who just happens to be my agent, sally Ann Sweeney. Hello. Hello, Sally Ann. Hi, Steve. How are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm good, thank you.
0: Thank you for being my first um, different guest I know. that's not an author yeah. so thank you. Now, I've got your um, fancy biography here from your company website, which is MMB Creative, which it's not just a literary or illustration agency, it covers um, actors, actresses, all sorts of people.
1: It covers yeah. So so we the literary arm is Mulcahy Sweeney and yes. um, and then we joined forces with Milburn Browning um, quite a few years ago now, and they represent uh, screenwriters and actors, comedians. So yeah, so it's kind of together we're kind of trying to be. A kind of um, uh, full service agency, yeah, for, and you know, and several, and we have several clients who actually kind of work across
0: both sides. Yes, yes, we'll talk more about that in, in a bit. Um, but I'm sorry, I'm going to read out your biography. Feel free to chip in if you want to. So, Sally Ann Sweeney grew up in Dublin and studied English at Trinity College before completing an MPhil in American Literature at Queen's College. Get this, everyone. Cambridge. Sally <laughs> Ann, Cambridge proper. Um, Sally Ann joined Mulcai Sweeney Associates in 2013 and is growing her list of authors and illustrators for children, picture books to young adults, and adults. Awards her clients have won or have been shortlisted for include the British Book Awards, the Irish Book Awards, the Rooney Prize for Irish Literature, Waterstones Children's Book Prize, Sainsbury's <laughs> Children's Book Awards, which I won didn't I? <coughs> you did. And... <laughs> you and uh, Simon Phillip, actually, That's, so that's good, true, yes, we've got showing. you there, uh, and Stephen Butler as well, and YA Book Prize. Passionate about the editorial side of agenting, sally Ann enjoys both working with debuts and helping established authors take their careers to the next level. Her fiction tastes... I nearly read friction tastes then. Her (laughs) fiction tastes are wide ranging from the literary to the very commercial, but she's always excited by a distinctive voice, strong storytelling and a fresh premise. She will fight to champion anything that makes her laugh or cry, preferably both. sally Ann is also interested in memoirs, love that word memoirs um food writing and thought-provoking non-fiction she's a regular speaker at writing festivals and events and was the chair of the children's agent circle from 2014 to 2018 now here's the best bit sally ann you never told me this sally ann is a fan of flash mobs
1: oh my god i i forget that that's there that oh, that was i mean i kind of cringe it was basically when we, when we set up the new agency website it was everyone had to provide a kind of a, a fun fact about themselves oh, which is, fun. Which, is it- which is my worst nightmare and i honestly get asked about uh, flash mobs comes into probably you know maybe half of my submissions be exactly. a, be a flash mob
0: It sounds a bit like we're saying flash mops, but it's not flash <laughs> mob. You, you're, not, you're not into heavily into kitchen cleaning and bathroom cleaning, you're flash mobs. Um, and it says, she's yet to see one, participate in one, or be the <laughs> recipient of one, but every day she lives in hope.
1: And I think you know I think that is I actually think I might in real life be horrified to be the recipient of the flash mob but I think it kind of comes from which I think you will appreciate is uh, my love of musicals and kind of wanting to live in a musical a oh, musical yours. world
0: but do you like when you're sitting in the uh, in the theatre? Do you like when suddenly people stand up around you and try and get you up and dancing in the aisles? I hate. I that. mean,
1: no, I don't like that. So I, I think that's probably what a flash mob is like. <laughs> it's like forced participation, which is uh, not at all what I would like.
0: The only one I did like was um, *Lord of the Rings* the musical, which I, which I really love, and actually is coming back in a very small form at the Watermill Theatre. Um, And there were orcs in the audience at at the interval, and that sort of—that's really
1: fun. And they well, it's kind of
0: terrifying, so but it made it more fun. At least they didn't get you trying to do the macarena or anything embarrassing. Um, Very
1: funny.
0: So there we go. Now, speaking of your biography, uh, you haven't listened to Jarvis's. We were just chatting before, and you haven't listened to Jarvis's.
1: Not um, yet. I think yet. Um, Yeah.
0: But someone that he mentioned when he was on holiday with his family was Ted Robbins. And I just was scanning the MMB website, your website, and one of the actors who is represented by your company is Ted Robbins. What are the chances? Yeah, oh, that's
1: great
0: like <laughs> your reaction that's uh, interesting Steve <laughs> so now because you're not an author or an illustrator um, I still need to ask you for your description though so at the moment, you're at home. Do you work from home? Do you work in the office much since COVID? I know everyone's situation's changed, but where do you <coughs> generally read all the books you've got to read and do all your contracts and all that? Where do you work from?
1: Yeah, I think COVID, COVID kind of changed everything for us um, because we were we were uh, I think probably it was Christmas 2019. Mm-hmm. Ivan Mukai and I were both kind of looking for a new office, um, yeah. and we were looking in all sorts of cool places around town because we originally were in Soho and we kind of wanted to get back to the West End, and and then and then lockdown happened, and which was you know we were really fortunate because I know a lot of agencies were kind of you know paying rent for empty offices for a couple of years, yeah. um, So basically, the office is now in um, in Queens Park. Ivan has a lovely loft office in his house and i um i go in there sometimes but what we where we tend to meet is um we're members of a club in soho so we kind of tend to do agency meetings in town
0: yeah
1: i've become i think because of lockdown kind of changed my way of working and i'm i'm probably less good at working alongside people now for kind of for for the work i really enjoy collaborating and meeting colleagues and and kind of checking in with them and it's it's kind of i mean it's so nice to be able to do all of that in real life now but what i find i'm not so good at is kind of doing contracts or editing Um i kind of i just really like the quiet of my house to do that so yes so i'm kind of between um yeah kind of between home but i i think my day is always very varied so i'm kind of i'm usually there's actually not that many days that i'm home for the day i'm usually in and out of meetings and um yeah. so i'm kind of in london and uh, I'm trying to trying to kind of, you know, I think everyone's got a bit excited about having real life meetings again. And um, mm. so what I need to do is, is just be careful. I'm not spending my entire time dashing like back and forth across London, but yes. it's, um, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, so it's my, um, it's my, it's, so I kind of it's funny. I kind of have, I try and kind of have a bit of a like living space uh, kind of work divide, yeah. but you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's not really, but it's, it's kind of, I have, so I, kind of keep kind of current books are usually around me and um and then um yeah I mean and and kind of you know but we've kind of become a lot leaner on piles of paper uh anyway over the last few years but I kind of like having I like having books I think I, I think I need to see books all around and kind of just to yeah I think you kind of get inspired it's like you you kind of always have your all of your books are around you as well as well as books that you're kind of inspired by and that you love
0: yes yeah, you have to have a combination because you need to reference your own stuff. Um, yeah, so it doesn't just look like a wall of "I love me, who do you love?" Yeah, you do need yes. to reference your, your own books. I mean, I'm I'm constantly trying to improve. I think, author and illustrators, you're constantly trying to improve your work, aren't you? So you have to look back at what you don't want to do again. Any previous Yeah, date. and actually, um, I find
1: it it's funny that I think, in a way, being if I was in the office, it would only be agency books and because I'm I'm at home and it's kind of a mix of kind of workbooks and my own books quite often I find if I'm zooming especially for new authors I'm kind of pulling out books to show them in reference yes which is kind of interesting um so yeah and I think that's been great about going back i really missed going to publishers offices and i think there's nothing as good as seeing their books getting a sense of a publisher's list and an editor's taste i think you just have to see all the books around them yeah um it's so much better than when um yeah i think i think when you're just zooming it's kind of just a much colder thing
0: definitely and you've got um two little children as well haven't you so obviously you've got loads of children (laughs) now as well you must get do you as an agent do you get sent a lot of um Obviously, apart from your client's work, do you get stuff sent from other publishers so you're aware of what they're doing or if they want to sort of, um, I don't know, sell in something to you? Or, you know, we're thinking something along these lines. So we've sent you a bundle of this, you know, nonfiction series or something. Do, do you get sent a lot of books?
1: Yeah. well, like, yeah, I think quite a lot. I think there's um I mean it's 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 a lovely thing to be I have a, a two year old and an almost five year old. So I think mm. getting um getting you know, quite often publishers will just send them because they think they think like they kinda of send them for the kids. And and then sometimes it is um especially when there's like new imprints or new editors, they'll kind of send things that they, you know, if they particularly want um agents to kind of see what they're doing. Um so yeah, I think there's it's it's a really nice thing. I think there's um and yeah you know, and obviously getting getting a proof copy of things is always great. Yes, kind seeing things early.
0: Yes, I'm still um I'm part way through um Juno Dawson's new book. Um, oh yes, the the Shadow, Shadow Cabinet, Cabinet and yeah. I'm loving it so far. So yes, oh good. I'm, I'm really pleased, thank you for sending that. Um, so, uh, we know where you studied now, Cambridge, darling. And um, what? how did you get into being, because obviously um, there'll be a lot of authors and <coughs> illustrators listening, but also maybe some, there might be some other people out there, some of the fools out there, that might want to be an agent. So <laughs> how did you get into being an agent? How did you steer that from um, your studies in Cambridge to actually becoming an agent?
1: I think I was, I was, extremely lucky I think I, I didn't realize at the time I kind of thought well everyone applies they, they finish with their studies they apply for work experience and then mm-hmm. they'll get offered a job and that's this kind <coughs> of started their career and that actually is what happened to me which is kind oh, of wow. ridiculous yeah. um which was that which is at Watson Little where I first met you so I yes. applied to do an internship there and um it was an amazing kind of grinding in in kind of it was a, it was a very old agency they had very particular systems and mm. you know it was it was tea was at 11 o'clock and three o'clock and oh, wow. it was um I mean it was when I first got there it was kind of we were printing our emails every day and you, you would I mean it kind of it kind of feels uh. crazy now that it was um you you'd, so every day the first thing you would do would be to read stacks of kind of the whole agency's emails Wow. Um, and obviously now you would I, I I know that that does not still happen there and I think I think now mm. you would it feels like a, a in like you know a, a hilarious waste of paper but it was mm. actually amazing grinding for seeing how people write emails and kind of and just and just being aware of everything kind of going on in the agency and yeah. they were an agency who did a, did a wide range of um, kind of fiction and non-fiction but they had a really nice, children's list and I was always that was always kind of a kind of I, I basically kind of never stopped reading children's books and as part of my studies I remember I when I was in Trinity in Dublin I really wanted to get onto a children's literature module yeah which was really competitive everyone wanted to um to do it and I didn't get on and I was so disappointed it was it was just kind of a, a raffle of kind of who right. who was chosen but it was um uh, so that was something that I think I kind of realized when you know, somebody left when I was there as an intern, and then I got offered a job as an editorial, as a, as a sorry, as assistant agent was my first job title. Right. And and that was so you know it was kind of just learning from Mandy Little and James Wells, and helping them with their pitches and helping them with their contracts. And I think I, I realized I didn't really know what an agent did before I started working there, but I quickly just realized that actually the kind of it was really creative, but it was also I liked the mix of creative and business and Mm. and actually the closeness of relationship with kind of authors and illustrators because you're there from the very beginning and you were kind of there ideally through their whole career whereas yeah publishers tend to move around a little bit more um and um and yeah and I think I think and I think when I was when I was offered a full-time job I kind of started doing more I kind of saw that there was a bit of a, a gap at the agency in kind of in children's you know, that, that that was an area mm. that would be good to do more of. So, and that's where I think, I mean, I actually, I feel like our, our 10 year anniversary working together has, has come and gone, which is, I mean, we have, we you are, it's like such a long relationship I know together, because,
0: because um you because when <laughs> I was trying to get, I was trying to get stuff off the ground in children's books uh by myself for a bit and then um entered the World competition and I think you've that, and you have had some
1: meetings I think when I first met you you'd had some yes. publisher meetings
0: I'd had a couple of meetings and I'd had a couple of meetings with other agents. You did, um, yep. Um, yes, a couple of unusual, unusual meetings in some unusual mm-hmm. places, uh, which I will to, but they were interesting. Um, and then came to you, and I was so naive because I just didn't <laughs> really know what to ask, what to do. I think when you're a brand-new illustrator, because I wasn't writing anything at that time um well I was trying to but um you just think oh wow someone likes my stuff and someone's got some faith in me so I think it takes a while for an illustrator because I think we're a fragile bunch in general um when Mm -hmm. someone has um takes a bit of a gamble on you like you did with me I think you know any agent it's always a bit of a gamble isn't it to begin with because you don't know exactly what's going to happen and what kind of relationships are going to form with publishers um Mm -hmm. but I just remember you and you're still the same you were just you were calm you weren't sort of you weren't like overexcited but you were very passionate and you were very um uh, <laughs> really really encouraging and you you know you said oh you know, this is missing from your polo- uh, um, portfolio but this is um you know this I can see I can imagine you working with this publisher that editor and so yeah I remember that meeting at Watson but then
1: Little. but then you broke my heart
0: <laughs> yes all right I wasn't going to mention that. and then and then I, then I went with someone else
1: you did. And you know, and it's really funny because I think you are the only example of, and I think a lot of agents have quite a strict policy that if someone leaves, you never take them back. Oh. But I, I remember actually, I remember saying to Mandy Little, Mandy also loved your, your work. And I was kind of talking oh. about you. You sent me this amazing uh, pom-pom of Little Bell, which I still have. Oh yes, One the of dog. your characters, a lovely dog character. Yeah. and um, yeah I remember you didn't choose me but then you came back and I can't remember how long later but it wasn't that long But maybe it wasn't that long I, or think was about, I, don't
0: know. I think it was about six months because yeah, yeah I went with a different agency I went with Curtis <clears> Brown and I think they were just busy I needed a lot of help at the time because um, obviously I wasn't getting much work and then after six months or eight months maybe it the situation hadn't changed so i spoke to my agent at the time and said i don't think this is quite working and i'm I'm, I'm like i'm sure it's not your fault and i'm sure you're just a bit busy but i need a bit more help than you can give at the moment is it all right if i leave and um they were brilliant And they just said oh yeah absolutely don't worry about the contract or anything i feel the same way sorry it's not quite worked out but there you go so i was sort of out on my ear really um and then thought oh no but sally nearly went with sally i should have gone with sally in fact actually this is interesting because main reason why I went with Curtis Brown was they had a fancier uh, website Websites.
1: I remember that yeah I really
0: the thing is it's a website that was full of people and full of clients yeah and I think... it is
1: interesting and I, and I think it's kind of well first of all um I mean I think you were right in a way and i think we were, but you know it was what what it was that it was probably 2009 or something so i think a lot of agencies didn't have great websites no and there was there was probably one of the the best ones but yeah, yeah it is it is interesting in the kind of i think in general and i think it's the same when when authors and illustrators are choosing you know which publisher to go with and you know you and i have been in that um you know it's like you get the fancy cake and you get the, all these jazzy yes. things but Actually, I think, <laughs> don't, you know, I think you need to work out, I think, over time of kind of what, what really matters. Yes. Um, yes. And I remember being, I remember when you came back and being <laughs> so happy and I think probably having a little whoop in the office with Mandy. I was, I was uh, thrilled. Yeah. But it was really, it was, I mean, in a way, we've both kind of grown up in the industry together because you didn't really yes. have, I think you were, I mean, I was taking on you as an unknown, just thinking that you yeah. were, just loving your talent and your spark and your sense of I think I think what I was really interested in from the very beginning was you had a sense of story and even though it took a while for you to write your first picture book you kind of came with them and it was a story that didn't end up being published but it led to other you know lots of other books but it's I loved that you you did come with a sense of um you know, I could tell that you were going to be a writer as well as an illustrator at some oh, stage. And you had that. And I think I think any good illustrator, it just goes so hand in hand, the writing and illustration. And you need to have a sense of narrative as an illustrator as well. Yes. <laughs>
0: Well I think that's okay. why because um, <coughs> I, I I had my big sort of animation background as well which so you could see that I'd been you know I was, yeah. I was working I wasn't just all mouth um, yes, yes. and then that's why it's so interesting because a lot of my peers you know people of a similar age um, also have an animation background and I yeah. think that sort of trains us up with some kind of sense of story because we have to do storyboarding and layouts and it's a, it, there's a lot of similarities with animation and yes, illustration definitely. and i think i've spoken to a lot of editors that say the same it's like oh do you know what it's quite refreshing when we know that someone's got an animation background because we know that half the battle's kind of won when it comes yeah. to the layout and the <clears throat> pacing of a picture book in particular
1: yeah 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 exactly and mm-hmm. i think um yeah so I'm, I'm very i think you are probably my longest uh, oldest client's uh, longest
0: oldest client. Longest oh, I see old, what you oldest, mean. Right. old,
1: old, old. No, it's yeah, I think I, I think probably we I know it this is your ten year anniversary of of Shifty. Uh, Shifty publishing but then yes. if you kind of work backwards from that I think we yeah. did the deal so probably 12 or 13 years
0: probably 12 together. or 13 because yeah it yeah. took two it took about just under two years to make Shifty because we used <clears did> a <throat> version and then had to redo it um and then I did a couple of um board books to know with Little Tiger um mm-hmm. and so that was previous to that so yeah I reckon 13 years 12 13 years at least uh, so, yeah. um, so yes i owe you i owe you big style don't i owe really, <laughs> so thank you no but it's been brilliant uh, back because, at you. Um, i speak to a lot of people and i'll say oh i'm just going for a coffee with um sally and they all know your agent because i always say sally and my agent and they're like yes Stephen, we know by now that you're <laughs> called sally and you don't have to keep saying it especially zoe took her in the studio in brighton she keeps laughing because i'll say sally she'll go yes your agent um <laughs> but like we go not too many <laughs> <arms around. laughs> we've been for coffee we've been to the theater together and we hang out and i think it's really nice to be friends with your agent if you can be you know if, if you sort of hit it off in that way because um we know we can talk business and we can sort stuff out and if there's any problems you know if i i mean you've heard me cry quite a few times on the phone and in, and in person we know about each other's lives and everything as well but um i think it's nice to have a combination of professional relationship and friendship as well especially when and then, because we're working quite closely together on a lot of things at the same time and life gets in the way and you need to have these extra conversations about things because, you know, not everyone all the time can just focus on their work and their deadlines. Things slip. Yeah, things happen. Um,
1: exactly.
0: And so I think you've, you you know, Europe. I think... um you're just so good at keeping people calm and but you're very you're so professional and you make sure everyone is fair and your communication with the publishers and everyone because i've spoken to people like kate wilson at nosy crow and we'll talk about agents and she's like oh sally Ann, just fantastic and adrian at nosy crow says that as well and we'll say um, how good some other um, agents are as well but i think it's good to have an agent that is well liked in the industry because uh, again that sort of just um, makes it easier for meetings and contracts and everything. So I, I think, um, y- yes, you've been brilliant.
1: Um, well, thank you. I, I mean, I think I think it's kind of a, it's. Uh, I mean, it's there's so many parts of being an agent, and I, it is. I mean, ultimately, I, you know, I think sometimes an agent has to have hard conversations with mm. publishers about whether you you sometimes have to be the kind of the bad guy when things go wrong, and that and then that's why an agent is so helpful i think for a creative is that you ideally your relationship with your publisher is creative and kind of and you don't have to be kind of you know having difficult conversations about contract terms or late payments or if you hate the you know if there's no if the marketing or publicity goes wrong or you don't like the cover you know i think that's but also i think there's um you know i think I'm I think that, you know, I think it's it's also ideally a long term relationship for everyone. And I think it's mm. um you know, everyone wants the same thing. And I actually children's I work I do um adult publishing as well as children's publishing. And there mm. is something very special about children's publishing where, you know, we are all you, you we all want the best for the books. And I think mm. um there are some agents who um, you know, and I think I think people want different things. It's such a personal thing of kind of what you want from your agent. There are some agents who I know go in guns blazing, but I think, um yeah, I don't know. I, I think quite often that doesn't really get you anywhere other than to just, you know, I think make book in an inbox um, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: as much as it's, but it's, um yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that the there's uh, there's been so many changes since you've worked, since you started working in the industry and it's, you know, what, okay. and what an amazing thing, I mean, so few series can go on for 10 years with and 50 free
0: degrees. Yes, it's true because, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because when obviously at the moment, I feel like there's so many debuts happening all the time um, and sometimes it's difficult to get your head around when you're an established person who's been in the industry, you know, five, 10 years or something. You're like, oh, but there's that new person that new person. You think, oh, yeah, you know, are my days numbered? But all you can do is keep doing what you do. Try and push your work and push your voice and push your style if you need to um, and just keep plugging on don't you that's all you can do and you you hope that um you know some books can fall by the wayside some books will be taken on by um you know say waterstones and will be really pushed and, and festivals will take on certain books one year and not the next year so i think my advice to authors and illustrators would be you know (coughs) hang on in there yes there might there's always going to be someone next to you who seems to be doing better um and everything but if you just keep keep doing you um i think so you know you get there in the end and i always say yes you know stop comparing yourself to people as long as you've got enough money to pay your mortgage and you're happy and you've got a certain lifestyle that you you can enjoy and and, you know you can support your family or whatever then you know just enjoy it and, and stop looking over your shoulder at everyone else i think
1: and I, th- I mean I think literally everyone whoever you might be looking over at I'm mm. sure has some has their own person that they're, exactly. that they're kind of comparing themselves to but yeah. I think being I think to have a long-term kind of career um, it is also about being being a good person to work with and I think you definitely you I think you you can get to a certain level of success if you are super talented if you are you know very very difficult to work with and you kind of you know you're not nice to your Publicists and all these things, but I think <laughs> it's not going to. It, it's not going to last forever because I think ultimately it's yeah. I, th- I think we're all uh, putting you know. You, I think Publisher will be putting you forward for festivals and all these different things, and I think mm. um, yeah. I think you've. I, I'd always want. I mean, I think I have a. I think you know. I, I have a. I think well, as an agency. We definitely have a no asshole policy, and I think. But I'm very. <laughs> Did you say passive?
0: no hassle
1: or no asshole (laughs) no asshole (laughs) okay (laughs) and um because I think they it is it is just there I think anyone that we take on and that I take on you know they're kind of a representation of you and you want you want them to be I think I think it's only going to kind of cause issues um but yeah but I think it's very unusual for um I think I think most people that work in children's books why? Well, you know, why would you do it if you weren't going to? You know, I think I think you're doing it because you love it, and ideally, um, you will. Yeah, I think get on with everyone that you're working with.
0: Yeah. Now, um, speaking of all the different um, roles that you have to take on when you're an agent, what's a typical – I know there's never a typical day these days – but what's a sort of typical day in your life? Because how do you split organising contracts, having the meetings um, and reviewing portfolios, to the you know the reading? How, how, I don't know how you fit it all in. So what's a <laughs> typical kind of day or week so you can fit it all in?
1: The – the reading uh, the kind of the kind of looking at a new um, mm. kind of prospective clients, so kind of whether it's reading submissions of manuscripts or looking at portfolios, um all of that kind of tends to be done. I would would be that might have been the first thing I did in my day before I had kind of quite a big client list. And now it's 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 often done kind of you know at, really after hours, probably. I think sometimes like in the evenings yeah. is when I'll have to fit it in. Um, Because the day to day is very much on um, looking after existing clients, and I mean, I think I was one of the things that Watson Little I remember being taught was was kind of just basically the thing that in in terms of prioritizing your day, it's always um, you know any anything that's going to generate money for clients. So whether that's Mm. contracts or. And anything like that, that I think trying to so um, kind of, you know, anything that will kind of speed up the process of kind of getting an author their contract and kind of getting them there, um, you know, and getting their advance in. Um, that's, but, you know, another part is kind of as is, is much more creative, which is when I'm going out with to pitch or to pitch an author, yeah. an author's new project, you know, with, like with Genie and Teeny, for example. Well, I yeah, that that's was, one. That was, that was like... one of
0: my favorite days ever. That was because uh, I didn't well, realize, we yeah, because yeah, I've never had like a pitch day before, and I thought we were going to pitch to other people really, and then it was just lots of it was like five or six publishers pitching to us, um, and then yeah, it was incredible. I didn't think that that would end up in a six-figure deal at any point, and we'd be wondering what to do. And then I remember having a glass of champagne with you, and, um, at Soho hotel, and yeah, it, and it was, that was and it was and it was I think I think it was oh, extra cool.
1: special because you had been you had been working for a while and this was kind of your own project after kind of several years of mm, illustrating mm. other people's things but I think part of to get to that point to kind of get to the mm. the day that we were you know getting offers from publishers it was kind of putting together the pitch and that's mm. um you know and you did you you are so helpful with them and I think some authors and authors are just brilliant at kind of helping to kind of give me the ammunition to be able to kind of sell their work yes um, yeah. do you remember we, we made a little a little genie I think we did it we did it we did it was old school we did a little postal we did a pitch. postal thing with yeah, it like a
0: pop-up genie and then it was
1: kind of so we kind of I got publishers to then request to see the rest of the pitch um and yeah. that so yeah and I think I think submitting to publishers is always a um big part uh, You yeah, know, I think I think yeah. any new projects going out that takes up a lot of time because I want to make sure it's going to the right people and, and I'm pitching it as kind of, you know, as the, the pitch is as strong as it can be. Yeah. Um, and then there's everything. I mean, I think aside from that, it's, it's kind of, um, you know, there's, there's when I'm in the middle of a deal, it's kind of negotiating back and forth. And then there's a lot of meetings with publishers to try and just keep, you know, whether it's meeting them about clients that they mm. are publishing or just trying to keep on top of what they're looking for, and what um yeah and i think i think the kind of things i should be sending to them and um and then you know at certain times of year there's book fairs which is then kind of i think everything gets kind of that just takes up weeks of the year when you're meeting publishers not just in the uk but also from around the world Mm -hmm. Um, and film and tv people as well so there's i mean i think i love that that every every day is completely different yeah but it is also yeah I i think the i think i've got better at kind of prioritizing but also it does mean that i think there is less time for um yeah i think th- like thinking about thinking about new authors or i think i also used to probably i don't have as much time now and i would like to i'm hoping that i will that i will get that back but you know I'm just mm. looking on instagram or looking looking for new illustrators looking for
0: yeah. people
1: that might be exciting I- i'm kind of interested in um in graphic novels and comics at the moment and, yes. I, and I think that's something that there's some really cool people that have been online for a while um, and um, but yeah I think but I think all of that stuff sometimes can sadly I think that that's really fun and it's a bit of my job that I love but it sometimes can kind of take the back seat with mm-hmm. the day-to-day stuff of kind of of looking after clients
0: yeah that's a bit like um when i speak to designers um especially when uh, um steph amster who's now sort of heading up um design at bloomsbury i was say oh how's it going she's like oh i love my job but i do miss actually looking at the books and designing the books these days yeah she's, overse- I know. she's overseeing everyone else um but she doesn't actually get to do the job that sort of got her into the industry that she loves the most so um it's difficult is not it? i guess because do you obviously you, you read so many books or beginnings of books i would imagine you can't read every book um every synopsis that you're sent. but do you yeah. have time for reading for pleasure anymore but or i no? have
1: i have I have very little, which is also a sad thing. So I'm very selective. I think yeah. what I do, I mean, it's funny because I met a, I met a publisher recently who told me that she has a policy of when she goes on holidays that she does not read for a week. And I found that oh. absolutely bonkers because, and I can kind of see, I guess she must read, for, she, maybe she reads for pleasure all the time. Whereas for yeah. me... I, like, love when I go on holiday. I, like, I will really choose carefully the kind of the yeah. best books that I will take. And usually I think I will only really read the best books that have been published because I'm very choosy. I just read, okay. which I really enjoyed, I just read Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. Right. So I think you, you would enjoy, actually. I think you would definitely oh, okay. like it. It's um, And it was very, it was just, yeah, just a really easy, lovely read. Um, and... Um, I've really liked her for a while, but yeah, I think there's. Um, I, I you know I I try and stay on top of things. I mean, it's easier with with picture books and with with young children's yeah. stuff. It, I mean, they're quick, and I think I I read them at home to the kids. So that's yeah, kind of cool. easy. But it's um, yeah, it's it's hard to because because reading for reading submissions or reading clients' new projects kind of bleeds into the weekends and evenings. That is definitely, but it's important. I think we all have to make time to do it. I think everyone, I think illustrators, authors, agents, mm-hmm. editors, we all have to read what is being published because it's important because it's kind of,
0: Definitely. it's about, you
1: know, it's so important to kind of stay on top of the market. And, um,
0: yeah, and
1: I, you know, and I think when I'm pitching, I mean, it's so important to have those reference points of other, other books
0: yeah especially with um because yeah there's a big trend at the moment isn't there for graphic novels so I'm sort of dipping into more graphic novels because I sort of I would love to do it I'm just worried about how long it would take I mean we've had this conversation I'm like (laughs) it would take me like two years really long yeah Uh, yeah and then you think well hold on how much money am I seeing would I actually get for a project that might take me a year or two because it would have to be a lot and then it's like yeah but the publisher's not gonna be able to afford that and how does that work and so yeah I think a nice um a, a simple ish Brilliant graphic novel! I'm really excited um because one of your clients is Sheena Dempsey, and I know that she's yes. working on a graphic novel. She's working moment. on
1: a an amazing uh, middle middle grade uh, comic yeah. book series, and and she's she's uh, Sheena is amazing. I'm very I'm so happy that we we only found each other um a year ago. Mm. It sounds it sounds romantic almost, but it's um <laughs> she is she's brilliant. She's Irish, and she. Has been working for a long time and doing wonderful. Uh, she she's World very funny. Book. She's very funny. And she had yeah. a World Book Day book of Dave Pidgeon, um was yeah. was one of her titles. So she's been working, again, she's been working with lots of authors, but she's a really great writer. And she yeah. came to me with um, Pablo and Splash, which is kind of time-traveling penguins. And that was kind of <laughs> when we met her, her kind of like secret passion that I really loved. And and it was just also, I mean, very lucky timing because there's been just I think with Heartstopper in YA and then there's you know yeah. bumble and snug on the kind of yeah. younger end. I think there's and obviously, you know, bunny versus monkey there's I mean there's it has it is a really exciting area of the market. Yes. And um and I, I think just, I mean I think you're right. I think the sometimes the, the amount of time that it takes doesn't always I, I think it can't work for every illustrator and mm. but sheena sheena's really i mean she's really self-taught she's kind of read loads of on comics and mm. and and but and, and, and spot is kind of interesting because it started as a as a kind of a lockdown web comic okay. and about two penguins kind of lockdown penguins that were based on sheena and her husband yeah. um so that's kind <laughs> of just like the yeah it's really <laughs> funny they're like very different personality types and i think that's kind of how it started um okay. so that will be bloomsbury are publishing the first um they bought three books and they're publishing the first next January.
0: well let's take not not um specifically and we don't need to go into any details but obviously and you represent Dapo as well um and i know DAPO's just got a new thing off the ground that he's starting to work on so um a couple of people have asked me Mm -hmm. let's say for example if you're pitching a graphic novel what do you want to see from your author illustrator and then how do you present that to a publisher because I think people listening would find that really helpful
1: yeah and that's it's a really it's a really good question and in some ways it depends on the you know on on the author illustrator and kind of what Mm. what works for them because what was interesting with Sheena I thought that Sheena would send me the full script and some sample and maybe a couple of mock-up chapters but that she would send the script for the for the graphic novel you know as as just kind of you know as just with the text yeah and that and then Sheena very quickly told me that that was not how it worked and basically the way Sheena works is that she (laughs) she kind of writes the jokes as she illustrates so the whole thing is kind of so kind of um kind of just intertwined that she will literally be kind of thinking of jokes as the jokes will be in the illustrations that's, and then
0: um, that's so interesting because um, you know I'm like really good friends with Tor Freeman and she does you yes. know she does graphic novels and that's exactly how she was because I was like well, yeah how really do you know from page to page panel to panel exactly what's going to on she's like well I've got a rough idea but I had yeah. the details and the jokes and everything and I don't and really know come, how it's going to Yeah
1: that's really and so she you know definitely had a she had a synopsis and she had the outline but I know there was some really, there's some really fun bits in Pub and Splash, like when they go down a tunnel and there's, you know, you're kind of seeing, you know, and I think lots of those, it just, it just comes very organically.
0: So Mm -hmm. what I, what I
1: used for pitching Pub and Splash was um, a kind of a pitch for kind of a synopsis of book one. And I think the next, it might've been the next two to it might, i think the next two but maybe also mm. i think it might, we might have gone up to books five in the series with, right. with just with the later books just an idea Like may might have been just a sentence of what the outline would be sure. and then and then she did i think three sample chapters that were kind of fully kind of um i think they were full color sample chapters um with the kind of yeah so i think they were you know obviously that will, will change and i think has changed now that she's gone you know, working with the publisher, but it's yes. so, so basically very good samples of kind of what the style and what what it would look like. Yeah. And that was and that was yeah, so that was that was it. I kind of thought that it would be um that was it was different than I was thinking I would be going out with. But that was definitely more than enough for publishers. Um yeah, yeah. and it was I mean it's it's an interesting I think same thing happened with you, Mugini and Teeny. When you're going out with color fiction, it's very interesting that the I remember with Jeannie and Teeny, we had publishers offering to publish um, as full color. We had publishers offering kind of two color, color, black and white. And with Sheena, there was, Bloomsbury were the only publisher who wanted to publish as middle grade. I think every other publisher in the auction was was kind of pitching as as young fiction. And and we kind of went with Bloomsbury because they wanted to do full color middle grade. And it just was a really exciting proposition that we felt like there was maybe less competition that it would stand out a little bit yeah. more. Um, so, so yeah, I, th- I think that's. So, I'm also working with at the moment um, an author of, of a graphic novel who's not yeah. done any illustrations, and that's oh. a very different thing. So, what he I is bet. doing is, um, so he has done a script, um, and I think um, I haven't gone out with it yet, but it's it's kind of a script. So, with kind of um panels you know with with ideas for panels but obviously I think once he is working with the military that that you know it is kind of a script and he's a script writer so he's from his background is tv and film so that right. kind of works for him but I think basically what I would do if you're kind of pitching a kind of graphic novel or comic series I think I think definitely what any agent and editor needs to see is kind of is some samples of the comic of you know sure. of, of of the of the panels of kind of the you know you know basically mocked up chapters or yeah. or panels um and then and but i think you don't need to finish the whole thing so it because you know it is it is so much work i think i think an outline with some good samples is enough
0: yeah and what about so what would be your um requirements for a picture books i think a lot of people listening about you know picture book enthusiasts so um that's what we need to do for a graphic novel, but what about a picture book?
1: So if, if it's an if it's an author illustrator, mm. um I think that definitely the full text. Um yeah. so I think the complete text. And uh ideally, I think I would want to see um I think I think ideally it would be kind of one sample spread or at least kind of some. Some really great color you know whether it's color characters or kind of color yeah some character
0: designs from yeah. the
1: from the picture i think you know i know that what what often i will see is kind of like a a, a rough dummy mm. um plus plus some kind of color um plus some kind of final color and then you know and the text and then you know and i think laying the text out whether you're an author or an illustrator or kind of both yeah. i think i really like when a picture book um a new picture book kind of proposition is is laid out spread by spread As uh, so i think that is so important to kind of show that you have an understanding of, the, of kind of page turns
0: and, yeah because that's um, quite, that's quite a difficult thing so i remember when i was very first starting out i i had no idea that you work with a designer i thought i had to do all the text myself and i didn't really know about that um so it, it, yeah you do work with the designer and they, they will help you of course but you do have yeah having an idea of when the page turns and um yeah pagination and if you're writing in rhyme um what's your attitude at the moment by the way about rhyming Mm. texts what's the industry thoughts
1: i think i think the same i think the the thought on rhyme i feel like it's been the same since i've been working in publishing which is always that it's a little bit trickier Mm. in translation but i but i believe i mean simon phillip is a brilliant rhyming author and just yeah he's just fantastic and it's and it's very natural to him and that's how he first came to me with um you know his earliest books of kind of I don't know what to call my cat was kind of one of the, yeah. and yeah. I think I really want the cake I mean they were just brilliant rhyming picture books um from the beginning I think that I think but I think if something is rhyming so often I'll see something that's rhyming that shouldn't be in rhyme because it isn't very good or it just really, it, it really doesn't have to be. And I think one of the first things I'll often say to an author, if I really like their work, but I think it shouldn't be in rhyme. I think, yes. actually, I think it really frees them up when they're able to forget about yeah. the rhyme and just go back to prose. Cause I think, I think you can tell when they're just trying to make it work and just yes. it feels forced and doesn't, doesn't feel natural. Do you remember um,
0: um on the opposite, because it can happen obviously or it happened to us once, um, I wrote Princess Daisy and the Dragon and the Nink Boot Knights in prose. Oh uh, yeah. And then the, Louise, <laughs> the editor phoned up and said, Hi Steve, and I was like, Yes, you're all right, are you sacking me? She's like, No, it's all fine. We really like it, but we just think it would be better if it rhymed and I was like, Oh shit, I don't know how to do that, because that's a real skill, so they helped me um write it. But um so yeah, it can happen the other way around, but I guess that's more rare, I would think.
1: I think the I think rhyme can work. Yeah, that's something that's in prose. A publisher would decide that it should be in rhyme. Mm, um, yeah, usually yeah. have and and I've definitely I know Simon has had some of his picture books kind of that have to the publishers asked for it in prose, and that and it's such yeah. a difficult thing because I mean as as you know it's not just rhyming or unrhyming the end of sentences. It kind of changes the whole the whole thing. It's like it is yeah, a complete yeah. rewrite. Um. But it is. I mean, I think rhyme is so parent-friendly and small child-friendly, and yeah. it's, I think it, if if it is a book that, you know, like Princess Daisy and the Dragon, has it's, it's just gone on and on for years of being kind of yeah. you know, a UK a kind of a kind of favorite. Um, yeah. I think it, it can work really well. Um, uh, I think well kids I, love rhyme. I mean, I think, so I, think I think I will kind of always fight for um, yeah. And then I think I think most publishers. I don't think there'll be any publisher that, you know, that would say a kind of a hard no to Ryan. But I think there's, it just really has to be really good. And that's the way it should, that's the form it should definitely Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: I think, because I went to a talk years ago, it's a couple of years into Shifty McGifty, uh, the, the series. And there's this lady from the AOI, And she said, under no circumstances must anyone consider writing a rhyming text because they never co-edition, they never do this and they never do that. I remember my friends turned around to me and like, don't most of your your books rhyme? I was like, well, yes, but I I must be wrong. I must be wrong. And I did think, yeah, you might not get a mega hit like the Gruffalo, but um, if it's... But also,
1: as as I remember, I think maybe Kate Wilson once said this to me years ago, which is so true with, I mean, the foreign publishers don't have to publish as rhyme. I mean, no, of course. You know, if, they, if they're already translating it, they don't they don't have to keep the rhyme. Yeah. I think it can definitely I mean, it, one of the things if it is, you know, with things like um, you know, there are certain picture books and they rely so heavily and you love a good pun. And I think I think sometimes yeah. that can be trickier because um, yeah. then it then that is harder to translate. But in general, I think if it's good enough it will find a way and I you know and I think Rachel Bryce is rhyming isn't she I, I, with um with Jim Field and
0: Rachel yeah, yeah. writes rhyming and um uh, obviously Tracy Cordroy mainly writes rhyming books yeah. and the uh, Tracy Cordroy is amazing and also I'm very lucky to work with the uh, um Rachel Peter Morris. Rhyming, who, and um,
1: and Rachel Morris so is a brilliant writer. amazing,
0: I like amazing. Some of the rhyming because I think when I've tried to write in rhyme, you just end up thinking, Oh, what rhymes with cat, what rhymes with cat? It's like no, you've got to think what progresses the story and also yeah. rhymes with uh, and um I mean Julia Donaldson she sort of famously says she often <coughs> chooses names or creatures because she knows Knows there's a lot of words that she can rhyme with, and then she can concentrate more on the plot and the pacing. Um, but yeah, it's a re- it's a real skill, and I just think Rachel Morris Rowe and and Tracy Cordroy's rhyming skills are uh, incredible, and Simon's as well. Just so yeah, it's a real skill.
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: Um, now you have, are you you don't what I like about working with you is as well your interested You haven't got a lot of illustrators.
1: No, no, it is a very it's a a kind of a small and select list of illustrators um and and actually and that is deliberate i think there's yeah. um i think the what i really like is that everyone is is everyone's work is different and i think that yeah. um i'm not i i think obviously there are some illustration agencies and um it kind of works for them but i i really like that I have you know if I'm pitching I'm not pitching kind of multiple people for the same project that it's kind of no, you know my clients aren't competing with each other. So yeah. and I I think um and also there's there's the time element of kind of I I really like working with um especially taking on a new illustrator. I think it's like working with them editorially on yeah. kind of getting their portfolio together. And all of my illustrators are also they they didn't all come to me as writers, but they are no, but they extent. kind of have. They've all ended up kind of and that's the bit that I find really exciting when I can um work with them from the very beginning um on uh, yeah on on their pitch and on their writing and um and yeah and i think I think I just want to make sure I can give enough time to everybody
0: i think it's I think you offer i 'm not just kissing your ass i think you <laughs> offer i think you offer a real really properly truly bespoke service and you're not just You know, you're not just saying, oh, we'll speak to my assistant about this. No, they'll do that. that." You're you're there. You're present. And I feel like you really, really care about each of your clients, which is why, you know, it's great that you haven't got hundreds of illustrators. Another thing that I would say um, is if you go, I don't know if this is true in every case, but if you go with an illustration agency, um, I do find that most of them do have loads and loads of illustrators some with similar styles also also they take a larger percentage in general than a literary focused agent i think
1: there's there's definitely i mean i think any literary agency and there are you know when when i when i um kind of headed up the children's agent circle we were all um we were all literary agents but several of us represented lots of illustrators and some of the the best illustrators in the industry but as as literary agents, um, there's kind of a standard, the industry standard percentage is fifteen percent of kind of home yes. commission, and that's um, so yeah. We we're, were all, if I think nearly everyone was a member of the association. If they weren't, they that was kind of our code of practice. Um, yes, so yeah. yeah, which is quite different. But you know, I think an illustration agency is it just a different thing because they they might be working with you on kind of um, corporate work or different things, mm. which which in the, which a literary agent tends to kind of focus on um, anything to do with books. So, you know, anything yes. that kind of, yeah. Um, but, you know, and obviously that's fairly broad.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I think it's great. So, yes, um, you can highly, if anyone's looking for an agent, do um, t- take on board what Sally Ann said about sending. And
1: I, w- I would say that I think my, my illustration list is, um, you know, is is small, but I'm always looking to take on more and take on, yeah, and take on the the right. Um, I'm yes, just, yeah, right just just uh, very cheesy.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you've only got a handful, but you do cover quite a lot of areas like i I recognize everyone's work and I've seen everyone's work out there so you know and like you say you've de- you're developing everyone's writing for you know me and Sheena and Dapo as, as examples as well um and then you've got some tip-top and um, YA and um adult writers like juno dawson as well so you've yeah you've, you've got such a you know, very impressive list well done well done you well oh, very good well, that's
1: but I, th- I think i'm a very broad but that is a really yes. nice thing when kind of working with people like um like juno and one another of my objects Kalechi okafor is um yes. they're they're both doing kind of i think in the next you know both from picture books and adults which is which is fun because i think yeah yeah there's um yeah there's such a it's nice being able to kind of work with um
0: with an author across different genres. Yeah. Now, I think we haven't got that long left, and I've got a couple of questions. Um, sure. and they're, they're both anonymous. I think we've covered actually okay. some of the other questions we've covered in what we've already discussed over the last um, 50 minutes. So, um, someone has written in and said, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have an agent, but I don't feel that they are giving me enough support or advice on my writing or illustration. Is this normal, or should I look for another agent? What would you say? I mean, I they didn't say it was about you, by the way. So you say, <laughs>
1: um, I, I mean, I think what I would say first of all is that, um, is have they mentioned this to their agent? Because I think I, I think, say, I yeah. think, good communication is so important, and you know, maybe it is just a case that your agent doesn't know what you need of, you know, what what you need mm. from them, um, and I think it's always good to kind of you know just to, to kind of give them a chance and um and you know and maybe it is it will then become clear that that agent doesn't have time for you or that you kind of have different visions for things but um but I think it's worth kind of starting there um and I think I mean I think the it, it is a very personal thing I think you being unhappy is not a good thing So I no. think it's it's a very I mean that will kind of affect everything if you're unhappy with your agent because your agent is is supposed to be the the person that's kind of presenting you to the industry and is looking after all of you kind of you know the business side of your career um so it's not good to not be happy but I would advise to kind of start by kind of talking through it with them and you know and seeing whether there's a way of kind of changing things up and you know yeah I think hopefully I mean hopefully you can kind of resolve it and if not then you know no I think I think any um, you know, I think I think that's probably the you know. Then you might mutually agree to kind of to part ways. But I think it's yes, good to start with yeah. the conversation.
0: Definitely, because you can't suddenly just escape that situation. Can you've got to speak to them at some point around yeah. how, how are you going to start? And I'm sure most agents that I you know that I would I know of, I'm sure they'd be very willing to talk about it. And like you say, it, they would amicably decide to part ways if it wasn't working. <clears> um, yes, yeah. like and imagine. I mean
1: nobody would want. I think no agent wants a client to be unhappy. So I think yeah I, I think I think that that's definitely I think I think that's not a not a good situation but it's but it's one that I think I think you know, hopefully is resolvable either with your agent or you know by by moving on.
0: Yes, um, here's another anonymous one. I've got two more. Um, <laughs> do you? F- I don't know why this one's anonymous. Um, do you find adult or children's um, books more interesting? I'm guessing that's whether to, you know when you're working one, not just in general. If you're reading, you
1: know, I I I couldn't really say. I, th- I think I think I think both are. And I I mean the same way that I I like that my illustration list is is kind of small. I also I I think the thing that is great about working from picture books all the way up to adults and and doing a little bit of nonfiction as well is I don't everything I I, I like not to have the same. I like not to have to kind of multiple projects out with the same editor. So I like that I can kind of spread things out and um, and not be kind of competing with myself. Um, and, and I like the the change. I mean, it's like a different part of your brain working on a picture book as is working on kind of a, you know, a, a nonfiction memoir or kind of a literary novel or something. So I mm-hmm. think it's, I mean, in, in the way that, I mean, I think I know you read um both children's and adults, I think yes. I think yeah, I think I, I couldn't say which it just totally depends on the there's just there's amazing writing. I it really, really annoys me when there is a sense of kind of hierarchy some and sometimes I mean it's mm-hmm. ridiculous, but sometimes it happens within publishing of kind of, oh, you work on a lot of children's books from adult uh, yeah. publishing. And I think there is just the most incredible writing in for children and um, and incredible artwork as well. Um, so it's, yeah, it's kind of a privilege to be able to work
0: on both. Yeah. anyone who's, you go, know, like I noticed, I'm not, um, I don't know if it's because I work with David Badil and Frank Cultural boys I don't know how I feel about it, but, um, obviously on Twitter and Instagram and other places and in the press, um, a lot of authors and illustrators can get quite narks about lots of celebrity authors coming on board and writing, but then some of them are really good. Them are a bit naff. Um, I don't know, but I keep an open mind. And until I actually read the book or look at the book in yes. the shop, then I sort of hold judgment. Like I saw that. Um, I switched on the TV this morning, and Peter Andre was on talking about oh, yeah. his new thought I saw, I picture saw that book. Yeah, I saw that. In the and world. I thought, oh, I really like the illustrations. I'm not sure if I know the illustrations. And, and I thought, Do you know what? I'm gonna. I'm, I don't know if it's going to set the world on fire, but um, mm-hmm. I I'm I think not, there's I there's an
1: awful lot of before anyone has seen them. And I think that's, yes. and that's really unfair, yes. particularly for the illustrator who's generally not famous. Yeah. Um, and I, I completely agree. And I think the, um, and actually as an agency, we have published mm. um, lots of celebrity books. We, um, my colleague Ivan was the agent for Vivian Westwood and Brian Cox from Succession. Yeah. And, wow. and actually, but I think he would say, I mean, they're all, they're all celebrities but they're all celebrities kind of with a voice and with a real with yes. something to say and I yeah. think um it's such a broad issue with kind of celebrity publishing with children so I think and I think yeah. you can't necessarily blame first of all you have to look at what the book is and does this book deserve to be published and not not every book does but it's no. also how much shelf space do they get and I think that's the disappointing mm. thing when you actually yeah. you might go to your WH Smiths or your Sainsbury's and and every author is a brand author and not um yes that's you know but it's but i think there's um yeah I th- but i think there's it doesn't i don't believe that that a publisher buying another celebrity book is necessarily taking away from you know another author's advanced level mm. i think it is kind of just a different yeah. type of publishing that's that's always happened and I think the the best celebrities bring other authors up with them and kind of recommend other authors. And, you know, I remember Tom Gates had a book club for a while that you were part of with the Nothing to See Here Hotel. Oh, Tom, um, um,
0: no, not Tom oh, Gates.
1: Sorry, Tom Fletcher, uh, Tom sorry. Fletcher, Tom Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although yeah, Tom Fletcher.
0: Um, I'm sure Liz P. Sean and Tom Gates will have their own book club one day.
1: <laughs> See, but yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's, I think it's a great thing when celebrities are able to, and I think not enough do use their platform to kind of, to highlight yes. literacy and highlight other, yes. other authors and illustrations. Do you know what,
0: because obviously, you know, I've, I've mentioned to you sometimes, I'm like, oh, sally Ann that person went on TV again and they didn't mention who, who the time i done the illustrations, yeah. they be like, oh, I'll have, a, I'll have a little word. And then, there's, I mean, I don't know, there's the pressure of the being on the TV and then if you're a celebrity, you you do sometimes, obviously, you know, they're only human as well and sometimes they forget. Um, but honestly, illustrators are so happy if you just say their name. I know. Thoughts.
1: I mean, really, really, there's <laughs> it's such, a low bar for know, illustrators come on. to be happy and that is being and I think I think Dapo um Dappo Adiella has done a brilliant yes, work in kind of in really fighting for representation for illustrators with yeah. BBC and I think and I think a lot has changed and obviously Sarah McIntyre kind yes, of was the, the forefront yeah. of um of that and I think now it's it's great that when you know if if somebody yeah. doesn't mention it they will usually be reminded um, because yes. you know uh, there are no children's books. There's no, there's no picture book without the and illustration. The and, and the same with, yeah, yeah of course, was it, was it, without the cover, there's no children, yeah. there's no book at all.
0: Yeah. Um, we've got time for one more anonymous question. <laughs> okay. Dear Stephen Salyan, I was once in a very important meeting at the Nosy Crow offices. It was very important. And um, we had lunch. And my agent...
1: <laughs> apron... I know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, this is my interesting embarrassing meeting story.
0: My agent proceeded to eat a crisp at <laughs> said meeting and spent about 10 or 15 minutes trying not to choke to death at the end of the table. <laughs> what should I do? Should I keep my agent or should I sack her?
1: <laughs> I think that should be a warning oh, for publishers having meeting snacks. do yes. very sharp yes. crisps. <laughs> um, yeah, that was... Uh, I actually still... I mean, the good thing about you is you never let things lie. I think that was <laughs> that was like years no, ago. No, I
0: don't. <laughs> yes, that was actually, it turned into one of my favourites. It's just because um, we were there with Tracy Cordroy and her agent as well. And I was just thinking, um, it was very funny we all didn't know what to do. I mean, I really, I, mean, I, really I really let, a I,
1: your agent really let you down. <laughs> <Is> that, <laughs> trying not to cough
0: do you know what the good thing is though nosy crow are now in new offices so i feel like that room is is you know no longer exists it's all it's all wiped out it's, out, been, that it's
1: been wiped out I'll,
0: I'll keep you don't worry i'll keep you know. <laughs> but yeah um it has stopped me eating crisps um um in meeting situations just go for soft foods that you can suck or chew i think
1: <laughs> i actually and it's i i love a meeting snack and actually my other pet peeve is when Quite often they're put out and nobody eats because I feel like that you ha- can't be the only person eating. And that's that a, happens
0: so, all the time cause everyone's because everyone's so you're polite. good.
1: I think I know yeah. that you will. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Trace and I had the, and Biggie, Bob was there as well, who's very well behaved, but they had so much cake out. But fortunately, because um, Tracy's a bit of a cake connoisseur as well, and because the books are all about cake, everyone was like, right, we're going to tuck into this cake. And so that was good because someone mentioned it straight away. So I think that's sometimes the key. If he gets halfway through the meeting and you're talking, no one dare lean forward to break up, off a bit of flapjack.
1: Yeah, I, I know. Find it's uh you need you need uh, you need to uh, you need somebody to to make the first move
0: you do um we've all been there now um just to finish um again it's it's a bit more different because obviously it's mainly illustrators that i've spoken to and because the idea of this um studio mate steve podcast is we are helping people we are joining people for an hour to be their studio mates for an hour but if you could have or work with the ideal studio mate at any point whether either at home or in the office or wherever in a cafe who would you like to be your studio mate and why
1: Oh, that's. I. Funny. I was wondering whether you're going to ask me that question. And um, sorry, I should
0: have told you. I, 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 I know, know. Yeah, because
1: sorry. um, I think I have worked with. It's funny. I think there's uh, agents through my work with the um children's agents. There's some mm-hmm. agents who've been around for longer than I have, who I really admire. Yeah. Um And this, and they're from different agencies, so it's not going to happen. But I think people. I think I. I really appreciate that kind of there's a really nice thing about having agents and actually it's a great Mm -hmm. thing when there's agents that don't work in your agency, but you can just ring them up and kind of ask for advice or kind of, and just that they have, you know, that they're the only just like you and your kind of illustrator pals when you're yeah. kind of in your studio, the only people that really get what you're doing are their agents and I think... That's true
0: because um, um, also so if you're working, obviously you're working with you're not working with author-illustrators all the time um, especially in adults, but um say if you're working on a picture book and you're representing the illustrator obviously you're going to work at some point or talk to the other agent who's representing the author or vice versa. Yeah, I mean, yeah so, of course, yeah. So you, and mean,
1: kind of, yeah. It
0: helps to have a good relationship. like I know you've got a really good relationship with Jodie Hodges and other people um, and so because you you need to talk to them about business and then obviously you might need a bit of advice because they might have worked with a certain publisher and something might be going on or yeah so it's it's, yeah and I find
1: um so I think it would be some of my um agent friends and people that I I admire who are um and I think there's I I think it's it's a really lovely thing that I I I think I didn't realize until I was kind of you know, hosting these meetings with other agents that there's, it's such a collaborative, we were all in competition with each other, but it's also yeah. very collegiate. In a friendly and, way. Um, yeah. Do you know who um, I think
0: I, who I'd like to pop into my studio every now and then just for a chat, because he's so buoyant and really jeez you up, Joe Marriott.
1: I adore Joe Marriott, Yeah, I know. he, is,
0: he, been, he, he, he yeah. works. For, yeah, he works for me on Dapo are obviously and, and yeah, he's just yeah, he's like a breath of fresh air. He's sort of um, on the right side of gossipy. He's very professional, but he, he knows he knows his stuff. He's very encouraging and motivational, and yeah. So Joe Marriott, editor, and really
1: and really inspiring. I think he really has a vision, and um, I also really appreciate. I think there's there's an interesting there's an article in the bookseller at the moment from hmm. an agent, um, Juliet Pickering about basically kind of publishers are just being under resourced and it's a lot is falling uh-huh. on agents to kind of help uh-huh. authors feel appreciated and yeah. um, and kind of keep things moving and I think and I um, I think that there's a, a, I really appreciate I think I think a lot of problems everyone is stretched everyone is overworked and I think yeah. a lot of problems um, come up and I think but actually just having people in the industry that you can just be straight talking with and that actually will tell you be honest about if there is an issue because I think you mm. can't really solve things if everyone's just telling you, "Oh, it's all fine. There's nothing to worry about." And um, yeah, yeah, and Joe is one problem. of those editors that is, yeah, you kind of you know that you can kind of call them if there's if there's an issue, but also, yeah, that they're they're good for celebrating with.
0: Brilliant. Well, look, thanks so much, Sonia. I really appreciate. It. You know, you've got two kids, you've got a dog, you've got a husband. You're busy. You're a businesswoman. You. Of a company, all these things. So, thanks so much for taking an hour out of your time. Um, if anyone listening would like to find out more about Celian and MMB Creative, her um part of her agency, then go to mmbcreative.com and you can click on all the bits and doings there and find out more about her and her client um list. So, and and feel
1: free to find me on Twitter or Instagram as well. Um, actually, I think I've I've had a few people follow me since even so yeah always always delighted to hear from brilliant and, Sal-
0: and just to make it clear it's Sally Ann sweeney not sally sweeney because the amount of emails i mean i i get a little bit knock i don't know how you feel about it but i'll get i'll get lots of emails saying hi sally and steve and it's like no it's sallyanne it's sally's not a name i'm so
1: used to it by now that is <laughs> i'm definitely so i'm not a sally for sure but it's no. um i also sometimes get like mary jane I think we can um, just go for it, go, for, it, go for any any
0: old any old like long name um, <laughs> any so, two yeah. syllables will do oh well thanks so much Mary Anne for coming on it's been a pleasure <laughs> and um, uh, yes I you will see, see. was we need to catch we need to catch up for a drinky um and and gossip soon and so we'll do that to so, make that happen next time I'm in London um but thanks again and thanks so much and I'll speak to you later bye chloe anne thank you bye bye Bye.
1: no asshole.